0: God's getting ready to do something. And I feel that. I feel it deep in my spirit. But I, I wanted to know why. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, people that struggle with addictions and, and have issues, just like I did. Listen, I was the worst of the worst, man. i would I, still in my flesh right now. Do not feel worthy to be doing what I'm doing right now. Because of the things I did years ago. Two, two, three years ago. This is your moment. This is your moment. Time. This is your moment. Experience God's love and God's peace with us. See what God is doing for your neighbors at Cross Point. Be blessed with today's broadcast. not going to try to take a long time tonight. I'm going to be honest with you, I have no notes. I've I've got my Bible. I'm going to spill my water. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. uh, We try to do this Monday night service and try to make it to where we can leave you with one tool that you can take with you, you know, something that you can apply to your life throughout the week, you know, that, that... Whenever something comes up Or something comes against you Or you feel the enemy coming against you Or you feel a temptation You can look back to that tool And apply it You know And that's something we try to do every week You know When we've talked about emotions And we've talked about desires And a whole bunch of different things But one of the things I've been talking about Is I just I feel it deep in my spirit That God's going to do something In this meeting And, and I'm, I just I feel it And I've, I've said it before And I've talked about it And look I'm going to prove it to you tonight, okay? I may get off on a little prophecy tonight, but I'm going to prove it through God's Word, all right? Because that's that's what it's all about. And uh, I'm going to be reading Scripture out of Matthew chapter 21, and uh, be uh, starting at verse 23. It says, When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him while he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from what source? From heaven or from men? And they began reasoning among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the people, for they regard John as a prophet. And answering, Jesus said, Jesus said, and answering Jesus, they said, We do not know. And he also said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. And verse it says, But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted, and then he went. Then came the man to the second and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, The first. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of heaven before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. I'm going to pray. Most gracious heavenly Father God, we thank you for tonight, Father. Lord, even though it's warm in here, like God, we just invite your presence here, Father. Lord, I ask you to speak through me. Speak only that which you wish to be spoken tonight, Father. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and honor. In your mighty Son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I look for a lot of confirmation in some of the things I talk about and try to teach and stuff like that. And, of course, having a baptism tonight, and I was reading this passage of Scripture. Initially, I was in the book of Joshua when I was trying to study for tonight and get ready. And uh, I will kind of revert back to that here in just a little bit. But one of the things I wanted to point out is, listen, we've all dealt with life. We've all, at least most of us in here, dealt with addiction of some sort or we're currently dealing with addiction or the temptation or, or whatever it may be, okay? And the whole thing about what I feel God pushing me to tonight is, like I said, bringing out really what's going to start happening, okay, Uh, because we've been seeing it, we've been feeling it, you know what I mean, Uh, God's getting ready to do something, and I feel that, I feel it deep in my spirit, but I I wanted to know why, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, people that struggle with addictions and, and have issues, just like I did, listen, I was the worst of the worst, man, I I, I still in my flesh right now do not feel worthy to be doing what I'm doing right now because of the things I did years ago, two, two, three years ago, you know, uh, the life I was living, the things I was doing, the lies I was telling, all all the stuff, and then I start looking at it and I start going back to why did I do that in the first place, you know, was it just something that's inherently in me? Was it, was it passed down through family members? Was, you know, and I start realizing, you know, there's these things in my life that I was trying to cover up. And that's what we talked a lot about last week was like the emotional part of it. You know, there's a lot of emotional trauma and emotional baggage. And, and it's tied to desires like we talked about. You know, and in, I'm sitting here looking at all this stuff. And I was reading in the book of Joshua, like I said, I want to go back to that here shortly. But I was actually reading about Rahab. Another a prostitute, and here I am reading Jesus telling the scri- you know these religious men and religious leaders that you know hey, tax collectors and prostitutes will enter the kingdom of heaven before you, and I'm like God, what are you trying to say? What is it that you got? Because man, I started feeling it and it started welling up in me. But you know what? Here, here's the thing. If you read all through the New Testament, and you read the people that Jesus was around. He dined and sat with and reclined in the houses of tax collectors, and he was around prostitutes. He was around the lowest of the low. And he told him, he said, if somebody's sick, they they go to a physician. But if somebody's not sick, they have no need of a physician. That's why I came. I came so that the sinners could be saved. And then it started dawning on me, okay, because if you look at, Tax collectors back in that time, like I said, everybody had taxes taken from them. The government didn't pay the tax collectors. They had to skim off the top when they was collecting taxes from the people. So people looked at them and regarded them as thieves, sinners, open sinners, okay? Prostitutes were the same way. Uh, We've heard it talked about back in, you know, it's the oldest profession in the world, and that's not true. You know, even though it's part of, you know, an occupation in the Bible and stuff like that, there were sheep herders, you know, there, there were farmers and stuff like that way before any of this. Um, but the thing is, is that's also another thing that everybody knew, everybody could see. You know, so their sin was open for the whole world to see. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, and that's who God chose to be, you know, He sent His Son to be around. He, he was around, He had mercy on people who, a woman who was caught in open adultery. You know, when they brought him to her, and like, look, she, according to the law, she's supposed to be stoned. And Jesus knelt down and started writing in the dirt. You know, and said, well, who, let, who among you is without sin cast the first stone? And knelt back down and started writing in the dirt. You know, and, and she was caught in open adultery. And you're just sitting there thinking, these are the people that Jesus came to. These are the people that Jesus occupied. His presence was there. Okay? Now... I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all this and next thing you know, all these people that, that was bringing up all these accusations and stuff is like, woman, where's those that condemned you? They're gone. It was just her there now. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go now and sin no more. You know, and then, then you got the the, uh, the prostitute that came and cried on Jesus' feet and perfumed his feet and washed her, her own tears off his feet with her hair. And he talked. your faith has saved you. You know, and I'm sitting there, I'm seeing all these things, and I'm seeing the people that Jesus was around. I'm going to ask you one question, and this may be hard to say, because I, I don't want to ruffle feathers. I don't want to ruffle feathers of the churches or, or us, I, nothing like that. But you know, when I was in active addiction, people, I would get invited to church a lot. How many of y'all was invited to church when you was in active addiction? People trying to help. I mean, just honestly, you know what most of the time what my reply was? I would, but you know what? They're a bunch of hypocrites. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, and that, that was the thing that really got me. I'm like, I don't want to go around it. I get in there, and I see them sitting there gossiping about me and everything. Else. I'm, I, listen, I'm a drug addict. You can see that I'm a drug addict. I'm opening my sin. I'm I'm real. And that's what we would say. And other people would say the same thing. You know, and that's what I've talked about before. We've never actually been able to mesh the two together. And God started showing me this stuff. He's like, well, I didn't come for the church. He, He did, you know, the church is the body of Christ. I get that. But revival breaks out in broken people. That's where Jesus inhabits. That's where he's at. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking out, and I'm, I'm realizing how broken I was. And I know how broken some of you were. And I'm sitting there seeing this thing bust wide open, and, and I'm seeing things happening, not even in, in the, the physical. I'm seeing it in the spiritual. And God just pouring it on me, like, and I start to understand. The thing is, is the people that the tax collector and the prostitutes and stuff like that, that, that he was around and dined with and was friends with and, and everything like that, they were chasing him. Oh, man, and that's where you got to get it. Okay, because we are here tonight, and we're chasing him. Don't think he's not waiting to do something. <laughs> that's what his word says. You know, and, and that's the whole thing. Is like, man, listen, I thank God for a church, to be honest with you, that even allows this to happen. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I've been to churches where there's AA and NA, and like I said, I have no absolute problem with none of that at all. But, you know, I want to be able to get into the Word. You know, and, and we can. It's like I said, all of that's biblically based if you actually look at it. All the tools and everything that, that they give to you is based off the Bible. Everything in your whole life is based off the Bible if you actually look at it. I'm going to be honest with you, just like in Joshua, after they took over the land of Canaan and, you know, the... Uh, he started talking to the people and everything. He's like, he's like, don't go to the left or go to the right. You know, it, a little sin here, a little disobedience here. You know what? They tell you the same thing in rehabs, AAs, NAs. We say the same thing right here. Listen, if you dabble just a tiny bit, you're going to fall off that edge. It's, it's all the same principles. It's all the same concept. It's all for the same end, game, end part, too. We want to see the same results. But see, the thing that I I love about this right here is something way greater than myself can take over. And and God can start doing something, and God can move, and God can do things in your life and in my life. He's still doing things in my life. I'm still growing every single day. You know, and and I I start thinking back, you know. Listen, when I was reading in Joshua, when I started reading about Rahab, okay, Joshua took over leadership of Moses. Moses passed away, and he took over. All right? They had crossed the Red Sea. You know, the Egyptians were smashing the sea, drown, And then they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness because of disobedience. Okay? And after Moses died and that generation passed, it was time for them to go in and take the land that God had promised them, their forefathers before them. It was a promise that was waiting to happen. And I'm sitting there, and I'm reading, and I'm like, you know... I remember this story. I remember a lot of the stories in there. But I, I read now, I want God to show me something different than what I've ever seen before. That's always my prayer. Show me something that applies to today, tomorrow. And I, I believe that's what God did. Because I start reading and I see in there, you know, Joshua was sent to spies, just like Moses. They had to cross the Jordan River and, you know, it talked about the water was up like a wall and they crossed on dry land and the Ark of the Covenant, which was a representation of the presence of God, went before them okay, and it's all the same thing, and I'm sitting here, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, God, you know how many times I've wondered in my life, why does the same thing keep happening over and over and over, it seems like I go through the same things over, you know, and I've mentioned it up here, you know, and until you get to that end part, until you get into that promised land, until you get into that land of milk and honey, everything does seem to circle, okay, and that was the whole key to it. But this time, when Joshua sent spies in, they get put up into a house of a prostitute named Rahab, and she hides them, okay? And they make a deal and all this to spare her and her family by hanging a scarlet cord out the window because she's like, look, I know the God you serve. I I heard about the Red Sea, and I've heard all the stories. And listen, I want to be left out of this. I will help you. These men that are in Canaan right now are scared to death because God is with you. So she hid the spies and then had them go stay somewhere else for three days until, you know, the people that she sent out to come back. The king of the area that she was in, the king of Canaan, sent requests to her to turn them over, and she's like, I don't. they're not here, they already left. She had them hiding in a room, you know, and this woman's a prostitute. Okay? And then I'm, I'm reading this passage in Matthew. And he's talking about this, this prostitute. And I'm not just talking about bringing it out. like I'm bringing out the fact that it's people that has opened. It's broken people. You know, just, just like all of us. It's, that's, the, that's the key to all this. And I see how she hangs a scarlet cord out of window. She's got to follow these rules to not leave the house whenever they come in and all this. And to keep her family or mother or father or brothers, sisters, all of them. Keep them in the house. And they were spared. She later married into one of the tribes of Israel and became a part of the lineage of Jesus. You know, and there's a lot of Bible scholars just trying to disprove that and say it was a different Rahab, or they want to go back into the Hebrew and say, well, that word translated as a prostitute wasn't really a prostitute because how dare we say that Jesus came from the lineage of a prostitute. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it's talked about, she made the wall of faith. Because of her faith and and because of being able to see things because of her leadership, this woman that was a process she was a leader i mean she her whole family was saved and that's where this fringe benefits title comes from. She received fringe benefits her whole family, God moved in her life and it saved her whole family because, and she become part of the lineage of jesus Christ and he once he walked this earth, hung around the very people that aided in God's promise and the whole Israelite as a nation crossed over into the promised land. I get to thinking, I'm like, okay, she heard about this God of Israel. She heard about the Red Sea. We know that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. I mean, this woman couldn't have been that old, okay? I know, and trying to figure all that out, a lot of people say she was around 10 when they crossed the Red Sea. And from that time, she worked as a prostitute until she was about 50 when Joshua came in and they took over the land. And then she proselyted. She basically went from prostitute to proselyte. <laughs> you know, she became become a follower of Jesus. She's the first Gentile that was not part of Israel that came into God. It was a foretelling of what was going to happen for people like us. Okay? And uh, that, that was a big thing. <clears throat> uh, I'm sitting here, and it's like, God used somebody like that. There's something more to it, you know? So I'm praying, God, what is it? What, What am I missing? You know, how did this woman hear about all this? I mean, okay, listen, this woman, like I said, she was a prostitute, okay? Different men come in and out of her house. That's how she made her living. I'm not talking bad about nobody. I'm not trying to bring anything up. That's not what this is about. How did she know all the men of Canaan was scared because the God that Israel served and knew that God was going <laughs> to come in and take over? You know, they didn't have to fight the battle. All they had to do was march around the walls a few times. Blow a horn on, you know. I mean, that was it. God won the battle. Bottom line. But how did she know? God used her in her situation, of her, in her occupation, to get His Word. To her. Listen. God uses people in the weirdest of ways. He chooses the done things to confound the wise. That's His Word. Okay? And I'm getting into this part in Matthew, and like I said, I'm, I'm seeing how Jesus, you know, it, just all these people that He dealt with, uh, you know, uh, the woman at the well, and uh, the woman touching the hem of His garment, and just all these people, you know, all these people just getting set free, just Boom! You know, being filled with God, being filled with the Spirit, and and all their sins being washed away. And here he is talking to a bunch of religious leaders, you know, that come and try to challenge him. And they did that all through Scripture. They tried to challenge him. These These religious leaders are the ones who was waiting for the Messiah to come. That's what's interesting. But the only ones that recognized him when he came was the people who were tax collectors, prostitutes, the sinners, John the Baptist came to prepare the way, and they believed John the Baptist, and even after they believed John the Baptist and were set free, the, these religious leaders still didn't and that's what Jesus was talking about right here. He said, even through the righteousness of John, you still denied it. That's the reason why these prostitutes and tax collectors, are, they'll, they'll enter in the kingdom of heaven. The whole thing was, like I was talking about, their sin was open. Listen, when I was an addict, everybody knew. You've seen my picture when I went to jail I mean, it's the thing. Everybody knows I was in sin. They know. And and look what God's doing now. I mean, honest to God. And it's just like, man, God is here. And the only thing He's asking is that we chase Him. That's the only thing that's really stuck out is the people that got touched, the people that got set free, the people that got delivered were actively seeking Him and chasing Him because they did believe John the Baptist. I know we've heard a lot of big revivals, Asbury, all, all these revivals breaking out and stuff like that. Listen, they didn't break out in religious leaders' houses. They didn't break out with people who sit back and, you know, man, they break out in things just like this right here. For real. And I mean, I feel that deep in my spirit that that's what's fixing to happen. You know, and here's the thing, like every one of us has somebody in our family, has somebody that we're friends with who's still struggling, who's watching every single move we make right now. And I've said it up here before, you may be the only Bible some people read today. And you have to live your life as such. But here's the key to it. Constantly, every single day, wake up and pray, God, if anything, just let me chase Jesus today. Please. Don't let me be turning to the left or to the right. Keep all that stuff away from me. Because I promise you, if we continue doing this right here, and we continue trying to get to the feet of Jesus, and we continue trying to chase Him, He is going to come and He will be in this meeting. I'm, that's what I'm saying. If Jesus walked these streets today, you wouldn't find Him in the Sunday morning church service. And nothing against Sunday morning church service. You wouldn't find Him on a Sunday night church service, a Wendy's church service. You're going to find Him in a meeting just like this. You're going to find Him where people's broken and need Him. I need Him every day. You know, and that's why I'm saying, I'm, you know, it seems like I'm trying to prophesy a little bit, but I'm trying to preach too. I mean, golly, God really starting to show me some of this stuff. You know, and I'm just like, God, what are you fixing to do? You know, we're getting ready to have a baptism. Oh, man. We've had people rededicate their life. We've had people get saved. And, and that's the thing. It, and we, we come to this meeting, and it's all about each other. I mean, we're in this together. Look, I, every single one of us. Some of you may be here and you've never had to struggle with addiction. Maybe you're struggling with depression. Maybe it's anxiety. I mean, it's all the same. It's all the same. I chose to deal with my stuff differently than you chose to deal with yours. That's the thing. we got to allow God to strengthen us. You know, and here's, here's a key to this right here. These religious leaders. And the difference between the the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the sinners, like I said, they was an open sin. They knew they was an open sin. The religious leaders, well, I don't need to let nobody know. I need to hide that. If I make a mistake, well, I'm just going to try harder next time. There's no reason to let somebody else know that I screwed up. That was the religious leaders back in that day. And it can be the religious leaders in today's times. They can be in the churches. That's the reason why, like I said, when I was an addict, I'm like, I would go, but you know what? I don't want to be around a bunch of hypocrites. I'm in sin just like they're in sin. It's no different. That's what they talk about. That's what they teach. Like I said, I'm not down and trying I, by no means. I'm thankful, to be honest with you. Because we got a pastor of this church that cares enough about the people and the people of this county that he come from a different county to plant a church here and obeyed the call of God and totally been praying for years since they opened the church for this right here. That's the heart. There, there is no condemnation. There is no judgment. It's open arms. Look, hey, you're no different than me. You just deal with the things a little bit different than I've dealt with them in my life. but I love you. That, that's, that's the key to it. That's when God comes. That's when Jesus comes. That's when things start happening. And, man, I really believe we're about to see things start happening. I feel it, man. Do you feel it? I mean, I feel it. There's one key to this that I do want to bring out. When I was sitting there talking about the religious leaders and stuff like that, okay, we know every single person in here has sinned. I sinned today. We probably all did. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? But it's through His grace and His love that we're saved. That, that's, that's the key. Like I said, chasing Him. Going after Him. Through that, we see people who try to hide the things. They're... The point I'm trying to make it, there's no repentance. Th- that's the big thing. That is the biggest thing of the, uh, about all of what Jesus was talking about, right? He put the religious leaders on spot. Like, listen, the prostitutes and the tax collectors will inherit the kingdom of God, but you won't. Why was that? Because the prostitutes and the tax collectors repented. They sought Jesus. The religious leaders, uh, they're too religious to repent. They didn't need to let nobody know if they made a mistake. And listen, I spent my time trying to hide my sins too. It's no different. Just like we all have. But here's the the key to it. If you look at it, it's like repenting with a promise. I repent, I turn away. I'm not going to do that no more. I'm going to chase God. Oh, I messed up. Well, tomorrow I'll do better. I promise I'm gonna do better and we repent with a promise. 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 And it leads to the same thing over and over and over again. Jesus can't inhabit that. He he spent his whole ministry and his life on earth talking about just that. You You've got to repent. When he talked to the adulterers, he said, Go and sin no more. That was the key. Turning away from it completely and chasing him is true repentance. We can't repent with a promise, we've got to let go of all of it. You've heard that let go and let God? That's the key. Man, and like if we want to see things happen, if we want to see our friends set free, if we want to see our family members set free, if people that we know are struggling with suicide and addiction or alcoholism, depression, anxiety, PTSD, all these things that's part of our everyday life, and we want to see something happen, it starts with us right here, chasing Jesus and turning away from the things that's keeping us from him. No no more repenting with a promise. If you're going to turn away turn away because here's the thing his words he will never leave nor forsake you so as long as you're chasing after him he's going to be there always he also there's a passage of scripture that I'll talk about sometimes it's one of the most misinterpreted passages of scripture ever and I've probably mentioned this before but it talks about how you see it on Facebook I promise you and you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying God will not put you through more than you're able to bear. Have you ever heard that? And some of you probably know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Okay, God most definitely will allow you to go through something that you cannot handle. Why? Because if you can't handle it, then you only got one choice to turn to Him. Okay, that's the thing. I went through all kinds of stuff in my life and tried not to turn to Him. (laughs) Try to do it on my own, on my own willpower. That's the repenting with a promise. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can make my life better. I can do that. No, I absolutely could not. I couldn't do nothing without Him. That's exactly what she was opening up with. All those tools, all those things, they come from right here. But going and getting plugged into the source allows them tools to work in a way that you would never believe. Amen? That, that's, that's the thing. Man, I love this stuff. I love you guys. I really feel. I look out here, and I see people, and, you know, it's one problem that I've got, and I'm going to be honest with you. Like, a long time ago, I would go, like, I'd ride with my mom, and she'd go into Kroger or something like that, and I'm going to be honest with you, this came from a sermon about watching people and their expressions and stuff years and years and years ago, probably 15 years ago. And I really got into watching people. And I would be sitting out in the parking lot and I would watch somebody go by with a buggy. And I would watch another one come out. And I would look at their faces, how they was acting with their kids or how they was treating other people or if they was trying to stay away from everybody, if they went this way trying to avoid people, all this stuff like that. And I start paying attention. I start paying attention to Walmart. And I start seeing... Please don't do that, by the way. (laughs) Woof! You know, that can become addictive too, (laughs) you know. Uh, But I started seeing things in a different light. I start realizing people hurt. People live with hurt. People try to hide it and put a fake smile on. And eventually you start seeing through that fake smile. Some people live with daily physical pain. And they put on a fake smile and they go to work and they try to walk as fast as everybody else without a little limp. Because they don't want nobody to know. They go out the side door and they hunker down like this and <laughs> bust out in tears for a little bit. <laughs> and straighten back up and walk back in there. Well, why are you going out smoking so much for? My nerves. We live and deal with things, but God. And that thing I was just saying a while ago, that God will not put more on you than you're able to bear, and I said He absolutely will, the actual thing that that says is God will not allow you to be tempted more than you're able to withstand. Okay? As long as you're at His feet, as long as you're chasing Jesus, there's no temptation that can overtake you. It doesn't matter what it is. That strengthens me every day. Man, I mean, that that is is my strength. And that's a key, okay? That's, That's the key I want you to take tonight. Chasing, getting His Word. You know, when Joshua took over for Moses, and God spoke to him, he said, get the law, meditate on it day and night. I always thought he was talking about the Ten Commandments. Absolutely not. He told Joshua to get the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and read them. And for three days, meditate it day and night to learn it, to learn what God, exactly who God is and what He does. Man, that's, that's a whole thing right there. We, in His Word, that's how you learn who Jesus really is. Jesus is the person who comes to the midst of us. Man, He loves us. He came so that we can have life and life more abundantly. Amen. I'm going to close out and we're going to get ready to do the baptism. Amen. Boy, there's something about baptism. I'm going to be honest with you. It's, I look at it, it's a, it is a form of spiritual warfare. It's telling everybody and everything. It's telling the pits of hell, look, all this stuff that's went on in, in, in life, all this baggage, all this stuff that you've got, that you've held on to, that God's been trying to let, get you to let go of, all this, when, when you go down and you come back up, it's like cleaning, okay? All that stuff gets left behind. Man, that, that's just so awesome to me thinking of that. Because that's exactly what God does. Man, he... Mm. So what I'm going to do tonight, before we do that, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. I know tonight was a little bit different, and uh, but I really felt that I, I needed to get it out there what I know what God's getting ready to do. I don't know when it'll be, But I know something's going to happen. I know it's coming. I can feel it right on the fringe of it, and there's a lot of fringe benefits that come with it. So what I'm going to do tonight is I usually try to do every single time. Like I said, I do not try to point anybody out. I'm not singling anybody out. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you now to do so. The only thing that you have to do is simply raise your hand and put it back down. If you've never been saved before and you want to chase Jesus, you want that strength and you want that abundant life, one more time, just simply raise your hand and put it down. Okay, if you're here tonight, and you have been saved, and you were saved as a kid, and Vacation Bible School, whatever. But you have turned away, and you felt that you've turned away, and you're not living the life that you feel that you should be living. It's a daily struggle, and you need some help. You need you need the God to come in and take control, and you need to turn your heart over to Him. If you're here tonight and you want to rededicate your life, I'm just going to simply ask you just to raise your hand and put it down. Amen. Is there anyone else? Amen. I have to ask one more time. Like I said, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here tonight and you just want to give your life to Jesus and start a new life, you want all those sins to be washed away. And one more time, it's the last time I ask. I just feel like I have to. If that's you tonight, just simply raise your hand and put it back down. Uh, if you would, I would I'm would. i going to ask everybody to just pray with me. Just uh, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, we thank you, and God, we thank you that you died for you sent your Son to die for our sins, and we ask you to cleanse our sins, come into our heart, be the Lord of our lives, teach us daily to chase after you, and we thank you for the blood you shed. For our salvation And we thank you for the stripes that you took For our healing God, we thank you and we praise you Amen Guys, if, if you was here tonight and you raise your hand And you want to talk afterwards Like I say I'm not going to force anybody to come up here And do anything like that That's not what it's about uh, But you want to know about next steps Or anything like that Uh Feel free to come to me, uh, my wife Ashley, uh, Gary back there, or Adam, Michelle, Melissa back there. Those are my sisters back there, by the way, and uh, my handsome son. I'm Glad you're here, boy. Amen. Everybody, this is Bailey. This is her stepfather, Grant. Uh, she's been coming for the past few weeks and. Her fiance Zach over there had just been baptized a few weeks ago, and uh, his dad followed along. It was awesome. Uh, she spoke up about wanting to be baptized, and man, I tell you what, this is so special because here you have a young couple about ready to tie the knot and dedicating their life from this moment forward to the pursuit, the pursuit of happiness through Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm most definitely fine. Bailey, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. By the power of SME, for Cross Point Church and God Almighty, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. For watching today's broadcast. If you were encouraged today or made a decision for Christ, let us know by visiting our website. I don't want to go around it. I get in there and I see them sitting there gossiping about me and everything else. I'm, I, listen, I'm a drug addict. You can see that I'm a drug addict. I'm open in my scene, I'm, I'm real. And that's why we would say, and other people would say the same thing. You know, and that's what I've talked about before. We've never actually been able to mesh the two together. And God started showing me this stuff. He's like, well, I didn't come for the church. He he did. You know, the church is the body of Christ. I get that. But revival breaks out in broken people. That's where Jesus inhabits. That's where he's at. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking out, and I'm, I'm realizing how broken I was. And I know how broken some of you were. And I'm sitting there seeing this thing bust wide open, and, and I'm seeing things happening, not even in, in the, the physical. I'm seeing it in the spiritual. And God just pouring it on me, like, and I start to understand.